Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap this up. All right, so uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Luke 6 here eventually. But how uh, many have received some good teaching so far? I know your kiddos have too. Um, I know uh, Lori was sharing with me in one of the sessions that they did. Was yours on authority, honoring authority? She had put together, part of their illustration was a stop sign, correct? And uh, they wrote the names, the kids wrote the names of authorities in their life. And the stop is to stop and pray for those that are in authority. So I thought that was really neat. So your kiddos are receiving the word too. So, um, um, in order to enjoy the benefits of these truths found in scripture, we must be doers and not hearers only. So I want to wrap this up, Heidi and I do with just reminding you that, um, even in like the event, all the, the things that you sense by the spirit of God, all of that stuff, uh, the community that we have here, you know, eating, fellowshipping, hearing all the things that the Lord says, there has to be a determination within us to do what we hear. Um, so there is a there is a tendency in human nature to actually think I know it because I have the knowledge in my head. So when I was a youth pastor, I've shared this before. I would say to the kids, "I don't know you know it by you being able to tell me what it says. I know you know it by you doing it in front of me." Does that make sense? So the truth applies to adults as well. It's this, the, the principle is the same straight across the board. Um, we know we know it when it becomes a part of our lives, like daily. You know, uh, Dale was talking about service. When it becomes a habit in your life, you know you, it's, it's, it's a part of you now. You know it in a way that is experiential. So uh, John 16, 33 says this, uh, Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. And then he went on to give the part of the verse or truth that a lot of people don't want to hear. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So the truth that you and I have received is overcoming truth. In other words, how many know that Jesus is the word? He's the word made flesh, right? So every scripture that you heard is Jesus. Did you know that? It's wrapped up in Jesus. So he overcame the world, which means his words are your overcoming. It's, it's the key to your overcoming. And it's not just absorbing those words. Again, it's acting on those words. So if, depending on where you're at in your spiritual development, to the degree that you apply his words will be the degree that you see change. Now, I need to go back to this again because I just had it come up in my heart. You need to believe and have faith that you can change. Amen. I know that sounds simple. Like it's not a catchy phrase or a, a you know, a, a famous quote from, you know, whoever. But the reality is it's quoting Jesus. Mm -hmm. So your faith in him and in his ability to work in your life is a huge factor in your ability to change. Okay? So you need to believe that you can change. 
All right? Now, people sometimes say, well, how will I know when I believe? When you decide to believe. What I so a lot of faith is, that was my pause for I know, effect. you paused too long. I know, I know too long. I thought it was my doorway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, so um, change in my life happens because I will to believe. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them. Where does desire come from? From the will. You have to choose to engage faith. Choose to engage. So choose to believe that you can change. Don't, tell, don't go, you know, when you're repenting, don't say, I just, I just don't think I can change. That's not, that's not proper repentance. If, if you made a mistake, you say, oh, I did that wrong. But you know what? I believe I'm getting better. Now, don't, don't just excuse, you know, disobedience as if you don't need to repent or ask for forgiveness, you know, in relationships. Just because you came to this boot camp doesn't mean your problems are going away out there. Now, I'd love to wave a wand over the top of you and, <laughs> and make, you know, everything go away. But how many realize there's a devil here and he's running things? And we all have to control ourselves, Right. We all have to be in that place of, of where we're, we're taking that personal responsibility in spiritual maturity. And so when you walk out of here, the truth that you receive applied will bring about the breaking of yokes of the enemy in your life. And those yokes can be in your thinking. Most of them are. They're in your thinking, the way you perceive, the way you see things. Well, I can't ever be in a healthy relationship again because I had this many negative or unhealthy relationships. Wrong. That would imply that there was something impossible, that there was something impossible for Jesus to overcome. And we quote this, how many things are impossible with God? None. But do we actually believe it? You'll believe it when you stay in a situation that hurts your little feelings and mine. And we have to fight through the opposition of doubt and unbelief to move into the place of victory. And God transforms us in the furnace sometimes of affliction. And nobody likes that. I mean, I should say this. Nobody's flesh likes that. So we have to be aware that you have to believe. So choose to believe. And... You know, I think this is important. Sometimes we leave this out of the fight of faith is, is that you've got to have times of rejoicing and expectation, even in the difficult situations that oh, yeah. you're in. I mean, when you do that, it changes the atmosphere. You know, you can be in faith and try to be sad all day long, but it's not going to work very well for you. You've got to have some rejoicing in you. What I love about the Lord here is he does not put a cap on these things. He said, the blessing, my blessing, you are blessed. What does that mean? Do we put his blessing in our own idea, in our own little box? So even with what we're learning and with what Sean is saying here about applying the word of God and applying these things that we've learned this week into our lives and into our relationships, I am telling you, you should put in your mind and in your heart, what could I look like from a, a year from now? And have that expectation Man, I'm, I'm maybe not being, you know, I maybe won't do this perfectly every day, but I am purposed in my heart to apply these truths of honor in my life, and I am expecting to look 
different next year. I am expecting that my relationship is going to look different next year. And having that expectation is an important part of it because if you're just getting into the fight of it and not having those times of rejoicing because we know God has already accomplished what we are asking for, we're just walking this thing out. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me the power to do it. Thank you that I am full of the anointing of the anointed one to walk through this difficult situation. I mean, you should spend some time rejoicing. You know, faith is not just about, you know, well, it's not about this. I'm just trusting God. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. No, it's Lord, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it because this is the instruction you gave me and you are faithful and you're faithful to establish your word and you are the one that brings that fruit. You are the one that is the power in that seed to bring it to fullness. And so faith uh, will stand in natural uncertainties. So when faith starts... Uh, like in marriage, till death do us part. That doesn't mean you kill each other. <laughs> you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta clarify these things. You know, till death do us. The, the implication is, <laughs> the implication is what faith started, faith finishes. Okay, um, the unity when there's death to an individual, like when I apply. Uh, death to the nature of my flesh and I die to myself and live for the Lord, it creates a greater unity between Heidi and I in a relationship, between all relationships. Um, so Luke chapter 6, verse number 46, uh, Jesus was talking about building on the rock and he asks, he asks a phenomenal question here in verse 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? You know, that's, that's a tough question. Tough question. But he was asking his disciples that. He wasn't necessarily just talking about converts here. He's asking the disciples. He's saying, look, you say that I'm your Lord, but you're not doing what I say. Okay? So when Jesus is truly our Lord, we choose to honor his word above all else. And I know we keep coming back to this, but it is the, it is the issue. It is kind of the, the pinpoint issue in our lives. The more we know of the word of God, the more we can apply the word of God to our lives. So there's much more to this than just lip service when it comes to our relationship with the Lord. People who have Jesus as their Lord do the things which he says. We might say, let the teachings govern what they think, say, and do. So when, 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 when Jesus is our Lord, his word governs how we operate. So you have to take time uh, when it comes to Jesus as Lord and him and applying his words to our life. You have to take time and go, okay, Lord, what are you asking me to remove so that your words can take place in my life? Okay. So we talk about these things because what I really feel has happened in a lot of ways when it comes to the Lordship of Jesus and, and what that looks like in our relationship with him. A lot of times, and I don't think we realize this because we live, and I've tried to express this and I'm going to keep working on it. It'll come out the way it's supposed to eventually here. But uh, 
we don't realize how much of the world pulls the way we think and the way we do. It is a lot. It's more than, well, I mean, we're all here. It's more in our lives than we realize. I'm talking about for me. The way the world thinks, the way the world talks, the way, that, I'm not talking about the people around you in your life that are unsaved. I'm talking about the world system. There, there's a demonic flow in the world that is here because Adam let it in. Adam and Eve, right? That's, that's when that came in. It's not gone. People, sometimes people think, well, we have authority over that. We'll just cast it out. You can't cast it out of the world. You can keep it out of you. But you have to realize as long as we're in the earth, we're swimming upstream. I'm talking about believers. Right? We're swimming upstream. And faith takes engagement. And so that's what Jesus is asking here. He's saying, look, why are you calling me Lord? Why are you giving me lip service? But you're not doing what I say. And it's not a condemning thing. You got to realize that this is the same Lord that hung on the cross for them. So he's not placing unrealistic demands here. He's asking them a question saying, think about how you're living. Think about the way that you're operating. Is it in line with what I said? What Jesus said. So for any teaching to be truly effective in a believer's life, it must be acted upon. So we need to ask ourselves these questions regarding what we have heard. What did Jesus say? How am I going to apply this to my relationships? And then lastly, how am I going to teach and be an example of Jesus' words in my relationships? So a lot of times people think, especially in parenting, things like that, example, whatever it is, whether you're at work or whatever, the best example, the best teaching you can do is be an example. Right? So uh, uh, my father-in-law used to say this all the time uh, when I first got saved and we'd be doing construction work or whatever, and he would teach us to do something, but he wouldn't do it that way. They didn't do this all the time, but in construction. And he'd say, do as I say, not as I do. Well, the nice thing about Jesus is his say and his do are the same. So he expects our say and our do to what? Be the same. Uh, a scripture the Lord gave me along that same line, if you want another passage that talks about um, keeping his commandments is John 14, 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then you go down in verse 14, 21. It says, the person who has my commands and keeps them, the Lord, one who really loves me. I mean, talk about, you want to know how to honor the Lord? That's it right there. When he tells you to do something, when he tells you what your character is, who he made you to be, what lives on the inside of you, and we walk out of that, that honors the Lord. It honors him. We actually can show, can show the Father that we love him. Man, sign me up. Who doesn't want to show God? He's shown us so much. Who doesn't want to show him that we love him? And it says... Um, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and will show, reveal, and manifest myself to, to him. Think about that. We are obedient to the word of God. We're honoring the Lord. And his response to that obedience is, is I will reveal myself to you. I will reveal. The word reveal means um, 
to make known through divine inspiration. It means things that cannot be attained through human, mere human power or reason or inquiry. Something that only the master, the creator, the maker is able to give. Now think about this. I'm going to read it again. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And his response to that, now listen, he is not withholding anything from us. But I will say this, that the scripture says when you draw near to him, he draws near to you in an even greater way than just, I gave my heart to Jesus. Boom, that's it. I'm in the doors. There is so much more. There's that revelation. He says, I will let, I will show and reveal and manifest myself to you. Divine inspiration. So if you think about that in terms of what we're talking about this weekend and applying the word of God into our relationships and that honor, what will he reveal and manifest in your relationships when you do that? Think about that. What does he want to manifest in your relationships? Ooh, that's exciting. Yeah, it's so good. So, uh, the realization then comes in. So genuine faith actually approaches or will allow the Lord to ask questions of you that you don't want to hear. Does that make sense? So true submission to the Lord, you'll allow the Lord to touch areas of your life that you say, no, nobody goes there. That's genuineness, right? Now, that doesn't mean that it has to be a public declaration of those things because it shouldn't be until you've worked those things out with the Lord and you know how to express those things. But everybody in here has an area of your life where you're like, Lord, where maybe the Lord wants to deal with you about something. You're like, nah, we ain't going there. How many have done that to the Lord besides me? Okay. Because whatever, for whatever reason, it's fearful, it's hurtful, for whatever reason it is. There is a reason why, but genuineness, Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and, and don't do what I say? Genuine, genuineness is willing to hear the Lord's words that offend my sensibilities. Okay? Do you think Jesus is patty cake? Now, I'm not saying he's harsh. I'm saying Christianity is not a patty cake religion. So in other words, Jesus is exactly how he was with the disciples in our life. So he looks at his disciples and they go, why didn't this change? And he said, because you got unbelief. Where we live in a generation, where I've been in the Word of Faith movement for a long time. There's whole movements of people like, how, how dare you, you walk up to a person who, and, and they're in this difficult, and you, and you say to them, you, you, you say they have to have faith. How dare you ask that? And do you know why they do that? Because they don't know the Lord. Because the Lord will look at you and go, where's your faith? Now, he's not doing it in a critical sense. He's asking the question, where have you put your faith? In other words, with Peter walking on the water, he said, Peter, why'd you doubt? 
He wasn't saying, Peter, you're a doubter for life. There's no hope for you, you ding dong. You know, if there's hope for any of us, we should, you know, or if, if there's an, we could look at the life of Peter and go, there's hope for all, all of us. I mean, Peter was the disciple that would cuss you, cut you, and then pray for you. He denied the Lord. He ran away, and so did the other disciples. Don't be fooled. When all that was going down, and the Lord just told him, he'd just flat out tell him, he'd show up in places where they were, and they're hiding out in fear, and he says, be of good cheer, boys. Don't be full of unbelief. Walk into Thomas. Thomas, you know, mouthing off when nobody's around. The disciples tell him, uh, uh, tell him, yeah, we saw the Lord. He's raised from the dead. Well, unless I see the marks in his hands. And I see the marks in his feet and the stab wound in his side. And Jesus shows up and goes, Thomas, give me your finger. <laughs> I and think then he that, says, I wonder if don't that's where doubt. pull my finger came from. Yeah, pull my finger. Yeah, yeah. That's where that came from, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so you have to be, we have to be willing to hear something we don't want to hear. So don't pray for deliverance, but don't, and then not listen for the answer. Hallelujah. Ooh, I think I'm a holy roller still. I mean, I felt the anointing on that one. <laughs> Indecision to obey or being totally committed to Christ is placing the manifestation of our faith in jeopardy. Full commitment stops wavering in our lives. So full commitment stops wavering. If I'm going to fully commit to Jesus, I've got to fully reject other things. Right? That's what he's saying. Verse 47 says, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you what he is like. Now, we should all volunteer for this next portion. He's going to say, this is what he said. Listen, you hear me and you do. This is what you're like. And uh, verse uh, 48 says, he is like a man or a person building a house. How many know our lives, our relationships are like houses? Right? In other words, this has to do with living, daily living. What does a house represent? It represents relationships. It represents a place to stay, comfort, rest, food, family. There's security in it. There's all of these things, right? So verse 48 says it's like a man building a house. So this is a hearer and a doer, one who hears and one who operates in the word. It's, it's a person who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood rose and the stream beat vehemently against that house, it could not shake it for it was founded on the rocks, on the rock. So do you want your relationships to be unshakable? I will say this. Doers of the word are not exempt from storms. They are the ones who live through the storm. So sometimes people think, well, I have the authority of the believer. I'm just going to command all storms that they don't come my way. You cannot do that. If you could, I would have done it already. <laughs> you can't. God has this way, too, of when we walk through storms with him, you actually come out stronger than when you went yep. in. Yep. That's the way God does things. Yep. You come out stronger than when you went in. I mean, it's phenomenal. God is so good to us. 
So establishing honor in our relationships requires work. Notice that the man in verse 48 dug deep. So I'll put it to you like this. You cannot gift to the spirit a deep relationship. You say, what do you mean by that? You're not going to develop depth of character in a Holy Ghost meeting. I'm going to say it again. Amen. I don't care how many revivals you attend. You will never develop depth of character in Holy Ghost meetings. Depth of character only comes with the removing, digging deep of a ton of dirt. Do you know what I've noticed about people? We have garbage. (laughs) This is a prophetic message from the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. I feel it. Every year this church has grown, we've had to get a bigger dumpster. (laughs) We just bought four more garbage cans. For out there, I had started out with a two-yard can, not big enough, had to get a four-yard can. (laughs) Why? Because we have, what? Garbage Garbage. that's got to be removed. And people say, well, no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. In your spirit, yes, but your soul and your body still need attendance. They need to be attended to. Amen. They need to be developed, Right? Paul actually said you're complete in him in Colossians. And then in Corinthians, he said, become complete in him. Well, which is it, Paul? It's both and. Being whole in the spirit does not automatically mean you're whole in your soul. And it certainly doesn't mean you're whole in your body. We are always going to have to contend with warfare in the thought realm and warfare or in the enslaving of the nature of the flesh as long as we're on the planet. Amen. And mature believers, they do what? They dig. So do you want to quit shaking in storms? Do you want to quit living and wondering, wavering? Then what do I have to do for me? I have to dig deep. I have to go, okay, Lord, what, do, what are you saying that I'm not doing? And then when you begin to apply that, how many know this? Digging does not imply a one-time thing. It implies some effort that's consistent, right? You have to find bedrock. Where is the bedrock? It's here. But really, I think there's an implication here of you get to the place of revelation concerning a truth. That's the implication. It has to be that way because there's no real faith in just kind of skimming over something or having some general knowledge in your head. There has to be that building up. And that, steady growth. And that takes time. Yes. Seed, time, and harvest. You know, um, as he's talking about this, because Sean's kind of like a William Wallace, like freedom, you know. Um, you know, that kind, and I'm a little bit more like freedom, you know. Okay, <laughs> I'm a little bit more relaxed in some ways. In other ways, not. But, you know, I mean, Fighting the fight of faith and walking through this in your, in your relationships and things like that, it does take a fight. It doesn't, the Lord does not say it takes a certain kind of personality per se like that. It takes a spirit of faith. And we've all been given a spirit of faith, right? And you've got to learn how to stir that up. But I will tell you this too. Sometimes in relationships and walking out storms, did you know that resting in him 
is a way to fight. I didn't say you're lazy in him. I said you're west, resting in him. The word says that those that wait on the Lord will renew their strength. That wait actually is an expectant waiting and an anticipation. Oh God, I'm waiting because you're good. Some, I'm holding on to the word. I've applied what you told me to do and the answer is coming. The breakthrough is already mine. I rest. That's part of fighting the fight of faith too. And I just wanted you to see that because um, standing and being rooted and grounded in the word of God, it's all parts of the word. And it tells you to wait. You're going to renew your strength. So God deals in a lot of patience <laughs> and rest in him. Like learning how to rest in the Lord is a major part of faith because faith is a rest, right? Um, one commentary says this, the application that Jesus is making is obvious. Many hear Jesus' sayings and assent to them as, a, as fine expressions of lofty truths, noble sentiments, or an uplifting philosophy. This is the wrong kind of foundation for being his follower. The rock Jesus was referring to is the practice of doing his commands, of obeying him. The storms will come, not just storms of nature, but the attacks of the enemy on our relationships, the cares and pressures of life. They will attack the foundations of our spiritual lives. Unless we have built them adequately, there will be great loss. Now, thankfully, the Lord is into restoration. How many have ever seen like a tornado go through an area? You watch the news. Everything's, you know, tore up buildings or tore apart, whatever. What do they do? They build back stronger. So if you've been wiped out by a storm, your house, then what do you need to do? Do you need to give up? No. You need to build back better. Right? And that's what these truths and these principles will do. So if in your relationships, you know, sometimes people say, well, we just yell at each other in our family. That's the way we were raised. We just yell at each other. Well, that's not a scripture. Well, we're Italian. No, you died and your life is now hid in Christ. Okay? So you, now you got to make some adjustments. Does Jesus, and it, does Jesus just walk around yelling at everybody? It's just the way we are. We're just angry all the time. You know, we're, we're this. We blame it on everything. Well, I'm Cajun. I'm Scottish. I'm Irish. I'm German. In other words, you're human, and all of us claim the same stupid thing because it's sin nature, and it needs to be controlled. So if we've, if we've lived a particular way for a, for a long time, don't use the excuse. I cannot use the excuse of my past as, as a reason for a lack of obedience to the Lord, Right? I can't do that. So we need to be aware of that. Verse 49 says this. Did you have anything else there? It says this, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man or a person who built his house on the earth without a foundation against which the, the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. So this is very simply how relationships fail. When we fail to dig deep into honor, we plan for the difficulties or storms in our lives to destroy our relationships. So if I plan not to obey God's word, what am I planning for? Storm coming, no house left. 
I know that sounds simple, right? But have you ever done this? You know, I've seen these memes at times. I think they're so good. People are busy rebuking devils when they're just suffering the consequence of their own decisions. And charismatics are some of the worst. I just bind the devil. I just bind the devil. I just bind the devil over this and over that and over this and over that. And the Lord's going, you can bind all you want, but you got the back door wide open because you won't obey what I said. And the devil's running around going, he's still binding. <laughs> Storm's coming. We got this house. How do you know? Look at the foundation. Oh, yeah, it looks like sand. They didn't dig deep. So what causes depth in our lives? Hearing and doing. And guess what? Doing is a lot like weight training. It's training, right? Training is different than trying. Have you ever done this? Have you ever said this? No, I can't take credit for this. Uh, Mike Hill, actually, we were talking about this the other day, and he brought this out. He had been reading a book. Uh, and he was talking about, he was sharing with me how in this book, the, the author said, training is not the same as trying. Trying is not the same as training. Training, you actually can fail in training, and you don't feel like a failure. But when you're, have you ever done this? Well, I'm just trying to be better. That's not the same as training. Because in training, you'll engage knowing that there's a process in the weightlifting process where you're going to get to a point where you can't lift what you want to lift. But that isn't a sign that you failed. It's just a sign that I got to train a little bit more. Okay? So I know this truth of the doing. Nobody ever really runs and shouts over this. But in the long run, they always do. If they do it. So it doesn't always sound the best. But think about it in terms of training. Right? Do you know how to lose weight? Stop eating donuts. Don't come to the marriage and family boot camp. <laughs> how do you lose? What it, weight is a result of eating more than what you're actually exercising. Right? That's how we gain. That's how I would gain excess weight. That's how we do. Right? How do you lose it? Can I ask you something? Can you eat less food for a half a day and win? It takes what? Time. Just time. So you're going to be here anyway. I'm not telling you to lose weight. I'm not telling you. You do whatever you want on that. I'm trying to make the analogy of biblical principles take time. It takes time to build a foundation. But realize Storms are coming either way, so you might as well prepare. I love, um, this was just coming to my heart, but his word is a foundation, as our foundation will always be more than enough, will always be divine and full of power when released by faith and walked out in patience. So what was just kind of coming up in my heart is this, is that um, when we put our trust in God, he can, through a very natural action, he can bring in the supernatural that will change a situation. So we're talking about serving. We're talking about honoring authority. We're talking about um, uh, honoring the Lord, honor serves, all of that thing, all of those things. And then even just the implication in his word, these can seem like very natural things, 
But when in obedience to the leading of the Lord and his word, and when that is applied in our life, can bring back can bring out very supernatural results. Sometimes we look for the supernatural right away to be, you know, like, like uh, heaven's going to come down and an angel's going to come down and, and all of this. When God is saying, um, watch how you're talking about that person. And in obedience to that, the divine that comes into that situation, only God could do. You see what I mean? So don't, when God is leading and he's directing and he's teaching us and we're being obedient to his word, don't just treat it as common or light. You believe that there is a divine answer and we're walking out of this thing through supernatural power is coming, even though it looks so simple to your natural mind. If it's of God, it's powerful, it's full of power, and it's important that we don't just kind of keep the idea of him moving in our relationships and our situations to such a, what we think, but really hearing the voice of the Lord and the word of God and applying those things and watch him miraculously move in your life. The obedience is huge, and standing on that word and not allowing, um, you know, not... Being, I guess, letting those roots go down deep, like we've yeah. talked about before, not, and that takes time, and it takes patience, and it takes walking that out, and, but the results of that is something that you can't just fabricate within a day. Do you know what I mean? You can't just make that up. <laughs> <What a good laughs> that comes from they, God. I'll give an example. Yeah. There's a minister I was listening to years ago, and uh, this was, he had a gentleman that he had, uh, it was part of his ministry that they had led to the Lord. He was just kind of newly saved, you know. And so he was growing in the Lord. Well, he was driving one of the ministry vehicles and had one of the ministers or somebody with him in the car. And they're driving along and somebody cut him off in traffic, this guy that had been recently saved. They cut him off in traffic and the car behind said, oh, oh that's not good. And, uh, you know, it was obvious that this vehicle did something. Well, anyway, they, the, the car behind where the minister was said, speed up, we need to catch up to our other guy, you know, who had just recently gotten saved. And uh, they got over, pulled over to the side of the road, and he saw that uh, this, this guy that recently got saved had beaten up the guy that because, you know, they, they got in this traffic, road rage, whatever. But the guy that had just, gotten saved, turned around and was running back toward the minister. And he said, praise God, brother, praise God. I didn't cuss one time. <laughs> you know, beat the snot out of the guy, but didn't cuss one time. So realize that growth is this way. So don't try to be where Dale and Marianne are at. <laughs> <laughs> don't try in other words in other words your standard is christ but realize you're in a training process yeah. you know what i mean you're in you're, you're in a process of of learning how to develop and yeah. show honor Amen. but un understand this god understands your spiritual age mm -hmm. he knows where you're at yeah. and so since he does he's not you know, he, he, would he correct the man that beat the guy up? Yeah, he'd correct him. You can't do that. But he'd also say, good job on not cussing. Yeah. You know, good job on not 
you know, cussing the guy out or whatever. It, it's part of development. It's part of growing. And what that is, is that's a firm, that's a, yeah. you've developed a pillar in your life. There's strength there, right? You, so let's say you're quick with your mouth, quick with your tongue, and you're in a situation and you feel those words come up to your tongue and you just stop them. What is that? Spiritual growth. You know, spiritual growth. That's what that is. You're just, mm, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait and hear from the Lord, right? And then yeah. I'm going to speak or not speak, which usually it's not speak. Just so you know. So be doers. So honor in relationships. The first place that we should look to in honoring others is the Lord. Christian honor asks the question, what value does the Lord place on this person in my life? And how can I show that honor? And being a doer of the word creates what? Stability in our lives. Everybody wants stability. People, but the, the flesh doesn't want training. That's why the scripture always talks, when it talks about the nature of our flesh, it always applies slavery to the flesh. Because to enslave the flesh to righteousness doesn't give it an option. Amen? Amen. Well, praise the Lord. What a good weekend. <laughs> Let's just thank the Lord really quick. Yeah, thank you, Father, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. Yes. Lord, we thank you for what you're Hallelujah. teaching us. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for your patience with us. We thank yes. you, Lord, that your mercies are new every single yes. morning. Yes. We thank yes. you, Father, that you have deposited into us a spirit that can, um, Lord, when we thank respond you, and yield to you, you in our lives, yes. Lord, that we can make it through any storm Hallelujah. in life. When we're obedient to your word, Father, we can see fruit. We can come out stronger, Lord. I thank you, Father, that the one who honors best lives on the inside yes, of us so you, we can take Lord from that spirit and release it to our families to our spouses to our children to our co-workers to our teachers to our every part Lord we can release those things father and see fruit in our lives because of it Lord we thank you father that we've had the opportunity to come together and just learn of your word we love you Lord we love your word father we don't take it lightly we do, Father, with all of our heart, we want to be doers of the word and not hearers only. We want to be those that, Lord, when we hear the master speaking, we are quick to say, here I am, Lord, just as David did. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, you know, and just that obedience, Father, that you require and you ask of us, Lord. We want to show that we honor you with everything in us, that we love you. And that, Father, the things that you have and have purpose for our life, Lord, that they hold a place of, um, of regard, high regard in our lives, Lord. Because you've done so much for us. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you've ministered to our children this weekend. Lord, we thank you for all the teachers. Father, I just thank you for uh, refreshing for them, Lord. I thank you. Lord, we have such an awesome team. Everything we have is because of you. And we bless you and we thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.